Hi, I'm Noelle. And I'm Mariana. And this is The, the Bliss, Bliss Project. Project. We decided to start this podcast to share topics and information we are both passionate about. And our intention is to share a positive message as we dive into wellness, spirituality, self-love, alignment, and how life evolves along the way. And while having fun, of course. So join us each week as we connect, explore, and grow with one another and you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 13 of The Bliss Project. Amazing that we have 13 episodes out, like number 13. <laughs> On today's episode, we have Lori Vida. She's actually a really good friend of mine. Uh, Lori and I used to work together back in the day in the advertising world. Um, but now that we're here, Lori is an amazing individual. She has a background as a therapist, a dating coach, a content creator, and Aside from that, she also has uh, entrepreneurial endeavors, and that includes also being a podcaster as well for the Sticky Brand Lab podcast. So we are very excited and eager to have her on. So thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy. Hi, I'm Noelle. And I'm Mariana, and welcome everybody to The Bliss Project. Today we have an amazing guest, someone who is very close to my heart and we have uh, known each other for years we worked together in the past and she's my good friend and i am happy to introduce Lori. welcome Lori. thank you i'm so excited to be here i'm happy to we have are you so excited to have you and you know i'm so grateful to be able to meet you and you know have this conversation with you so i wonder if you could start by telling us a little bit about yourself sure i'm Lori vida and i don't really have one main way to introduce myself. I kind of think of myself as having um, multiplicity of interests and like all of word. those. <laughs> Thanks. Well, I kind of think we're all a little diamonds uh, with multifacets to us. And when somebody kind of tries to pigeonhole us into one thing and give us one title, it, it casts a shadow over all those other sparkly parts of ourselves. So I like to think that we bring everything about ourselves to whatever we're doing or whoever we're meeting. And all of my background kind of plays into that. I love that. What kind of background? Good question. <laughs> Tell us all the sparkly stuff. All the bark sparkly. Well, uh, I have been, I have a master's in mental health. And so I apply that. I used that actually to work in the division of youth correction. So I worked with young, young males primarily. And I actually then transitioned into becoming a dating coach. I got training as a coach. Those are two like really very different things. But it was amazing <laughs> that way. It was. And it She's was, like, I'm going to see the problem and now I'm going to like take it into the next path. I'm going to, I'm going to work with young guys and then I'm going to show them that there's a better way. Exactly. Okay. Uh, well, you know, my philosophy was that um, your date won't tell you what you're doing wrong, but I will. So yeah. that, that kind of worked out great. And it was actually the dating coach that opened up marketing and digital was just coming on, uh, websites were just coming on. And I was started writing, uh, for websites, for news magazines that were coming online. I was doing interviews. So I learned about branding and marketing, all sorts of things that opened up as a result of 
the dating coach. And that transitioned me into digital and into copywriting and opened up a whole other avenue uh, for career. And because I was doing writing and for other people and doing digital marketing, um, I started to learn more about strategic thinking and entrepreneurship, and that opened up a vast opportunity. So I took my interests and I just kind of followed my bliss. And yes. that, that was actually true. I mean, I felt like if it interested me, I tended to do a deep dive and learn more. And I wanted to practice what I learned. So I didn't rely on other people. I relied on myself to create that. And now I bring all of that background, uh, both learned academic experience. And I use that on a podcast that I do with a co-host that's called Sticky Brand Lab. And that is specifically to help professional women launch a personal enterprise so that they can experience financial freedom, flexibility, and future-proof their income and their career. That's amazing. Right. No, I, I was talking that. about starting a business as well. So this is perfect. <laughs> you know, one of my, you know, many hats, there's like 20 of them yeah. that I, uh, yeah. Your little I sparkles. My spa- I, I like that. I'm going to call them my sparkles now. <laughs> or a multiplicity of interests because no one can just put you in a box. Yeah, there's, I never fit in that box. It's never, <laughs> I've tried. It's a matter of, of honing in what really brings you joy and doing things. And again, being open and uh, assertive and putting your, your lessons and your learnings into practice to like really guide you through these things, which is so phenomenal. Yeah. If you trust the process, I think it brings you to opportunities, to people. And of course we get really excited when we're doing the things that are of interest to us. So Totally. Yeah. And I think that's where you find your flow. You know, I think when you're really, so I think some of us sometimes realize, you know, we have an interest in something and we're so passionate about it. And sometimes those interests shift. And so sometimes we'll stay pushing at that thing. Cause we think that's what we're supposed to do where it's really okay just to shift and try that something new. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter your financial status, any of that kind of stuff. It just means if you're really truly interested or passionate about it or wanting to help people, cause it, it sounds like your whole thought, you know, Uh, baseline is helping people, you know, from kids to dating to now women entrepreneurs. It is. And I also think it kind of layers on top. You, You know, you can't turn off the knowledge that you've gained, whether that is through experience or through career opportunities or through academic learning. It doesn't just turn off because you decide to do this new thing. You bring that wealth and breadth and depth of knowledge with you. And that's what makes, that's what makes you shine because that's what you draw on what everything, you know, and you can't limit that. So that's what makes us interesting. That's what makes us fun. And if we think of learning as not a destination, but a lifelong process, then we're always open to new possibilities. Oh, absolutely. You're like, you nailed it. Absolutely. And that brings me to, to ask too, about like, just, or talk about just getting out of your comfort zone. I mean, obviously part of feeling that discomfort to really shift, make that shift, have the courage to make that shift. And I kind of wanted to ask you, like, as far as like getting out of your comfort zone, 
help us pretty like understand how that can help you uh, create your own personal power? And that's a really good um, question. I, and the reason I love it so much is one of the things that happened a long time ago, probably with your parents and your grandparents is the idea that you had one career, however you got that, whether that was from family or you went to school or whatever, and you were stuck with that and then you retired. But we don't function that way anymore. And even more recently, if you just put even COVID aside, as we've opened up to new things and new opportunities and new challenges, it stretches you. And when you're stretched, it opens up um, your brain waves to learning new things, but it also opens up other opportunities for you. So one of the things that we tend to think of is, I've achieved this, so I'm limited by this. And we don't stretch ourselves. When we make shifts, and and this first came up with dating, there was actually a study that looked at, they put couples, one couple went on a merry-go-round and one couple went on like roller coasters. And they asked afterwards, they interviewed each couple separately, what was their opinion of they asked the guys, what was your opinion of the woman that you were dating? The guys that were on the merry-go-round with the woman um, found that she was nice. She was pleasant. They were pretty benign kind of ways of describing her. The dates that went on the roller coaster, they described the woman as being exciting, exhilarating, daring, interesting. They had all of these levels of words to describe her. And they interviewed the woman and they asked her how she felt. She felt strong. She felt powerful. She felt um, um, knowledgeable. And the reason being is when we get out of our comfort zone, it lights up our brain. It that there's kind of like, if you think about it, there's a duality to fear and to excitement. And it's all a matter of how you look at it. So I can feel the, um, in my stomach, I can feel, I can describe that in context as feeling fearful and, uh, um, what's the word I'm trying to think, uh, paralyzing, or I can describe it as exhilarating and powerful. And from a stand, from your own standpoint, how you look at your own experience is the way that you give off that energy. So when we're open to new possibilities, even when we're afraid, it lights up our brain cells for learning. The kind of that fear, flight, and freeze category. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we can't control it, but most of the time it just takes us to step back and get curious. What am I feeling? And to even ask yourself, what is this? Where is it coming from? What is it trying to tell me? And be open to that. And when you're open to it, you get out of your comfort zone and you realize that you're like those um, couples that went on dates on the merry-go, uh, excuse me, <laughs> on the roller coaster, it really lights you up and you feel individually more powerful, but you give off that energy as well. 
Yeah, you vibrate that higher energy. I love that because it's like the simplest thing of getting out of your comfort zone. You know, I, I've been doing cold plunges, right? And like the first couple of times of getting in the cold plunge, it was mentally just like, I'm going to be okay, get in the water. And now it's like the five seconds of getting in the water is the hardest thing for me. But then once I'm in, it's, I feel so good. Like, and it's like my, everything in my body starts to feel good. I can breathe through it. Like it is, it's, it's now exhilarating and like pushing myself out. I didn't even like going in like a cold shower before that. And now I get in like ice. So it is, it's, it's, it's never thought I'd be that person, but it, it, it is, it's exhilarating. And I had to push myself out of that comfort zone. And it's something so simple, but like, it's a tool that I can take now into other parts of my life. Um, there's such a beautiful thing in the discomfort and pushing through the discomfort. I totally agree with you. And I don't think we embrace that enough. Yeah. And, and what happens in the same way that the merry-go-round, it's just, it's just an even plateau. It's so it, there's nothing that excites us. There's nothing that lights up our brain. I first had a real world experience when I did bungee jumping. And one of the things <laughs> One Laura's pretty things- badass, by the way, you guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, so you know. I can hardly do a cold plunge, let alone jump on. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I could do it, but one of the things they told you is don't think about it. Because yeah. if you think about it, you will freeze. Your body will freeze. You'll panic. You won't move forward. So I got up to the top and there was a woman who had been there for an hour. And what had happened was she had looked down. And when you look down, it's paralyzing that, that thought yeah. of, because the ground doesn't look that far away at that point, even if it is 17 stories or more higher. So um, I ended up doing kind of this mindful meditation, had her visualize jumping into a pool, feeling the sun beating down. And eventually she jumped off. I remember at that moment, it was my turn. And as soon as I could feel my knees, my legs start to shake, like I was feeling that I knew that if I stayed in that panic moan moment any longer, I would be doing the same thing that she was doing. Right, You'd yeah. still be there an hour later. Yeah. I'd still be there or more. So I, I just mentally reframed and <laughs> did the jump even though I felt the fear, I did it anyway. Yeah. And afterwards I was like, wow, <laughs> and I was right? jumping. And, you know, obviously I've loved to talk about it, but it really taught me that you can look at fear. You can look at a new situation from either side. I'm going to be stopped by it or I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. And I think it's important to, um, you touched on this point where, you know, you look at your fear and then you're able to ask questions like, why am I feeling this? Where is this coming from? And it, it's also an opportunity to kind of see within and because there might be things that you're avoiding about yourself or, you know, avoiding to discuss. And, and it, it gives you, you know, an opportunity to be honest with yourself and also think about the things that you could do to not feel panic and, and fear or let the fear control you. That's absolutely true. Personal power comes from recognizing in any situation, we have a choice on how we want to face it. Yeah. And, and if we, up. yeah, if we can draw on that, just like you're saying, there's personal power in recognizing 
how do I want to handle the situation? Or even asking the question, what are my choices here? Sometimes the choices as simple as, or, and, and simple as relative, but as much as what is the choice that I'm faced? Do I want it to stop me from moving forward? Or do I want to let it embrace me in moving forward? Do I want to feel the fear or do I want to reframe it as this is excitement? This is calling me to step up, to challenge myself in a new way. And in doing so, I open up my personal power. So giving you a choice, but you have to get curious in that moment. Otherwise, you're likely to have um, fear or freeze uh, in, involved rather than excitement and exhilaration. So it's about shifting your mindset, essentially. A hundred percent. So even like if you get bad news or, you know, it's like, you know, your own personal experience of like something, you know, that might not feel good, but how you can shift it and start to find a positive in it. So bringing it a little closer to home, I had um, two years ago, right around this time, I received a diagnosis of cancer and Mm -hmm. I didn't, they didn't know, you know, at that point, how bad it was that just that I had, um, just that I had it and I needed to get treatment and I didn't deny the, the feelings that came up. I I allowed them. So the first choice that I created for myself was feel the feelings. Don't shut them off. So what are the feelings? What am I experiencing? Letting myself cry, letting myself experience, experience being worried. But then I had another opportunity and that was, okay, where's my personal power in this? And it's actually what ended up moving us from Florida to Texas, we went to Houston so that I could get treatment and a treatment team at MD Anderson. And it all happened within weeks. I mean, things just like were a domino effect. We, our house sold, we packed it up, we did the travel, we had the appointment, we went to the appointment, I met the team, they immediately set me up for radiation, I had chemo drugs, I went, everything was just happening and happening. But in the course of that, I had to ask myself, how do I want to show up for this? And I used the opportunity and the mindset reset that I did was telling myself, I had a team to deal with my illness. What could I do to deal with my wellness? Amazing. Oh How? my God. That, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, oh my gosh, that was just, wow. Like, and this wow. is why we're so happy to have you here because you're just an amazing human being. Sorry to interrupt I mean, that. Yeah, but having a story like that, I mean, and thank you for sharing that with us. I'm like, and having a story like that and being vulnerable enough to share it and vulnerable enough to feel what you're feeling. But then, like you said, I have someone that's taking care of the illness. How can I take care of my wellness? Because your mindset and your shift is that's what got you well. You know what I mean? That's what helped you, you know, two years later be where you are now. 
it helped me immensely when people would ask me about what was happening or what I was feeling or how my health was. I would answer the question, but I did not want to focus in the illness because I didn't have any power over the illness. I had to, and I was grateful. One of the things that ended up happening is there were a few times where um, I was being treated and and the treatment was really rough. And in, in the course of that, I would ask a question of my medical team and I was grateful enough that they would bring me back to the present because I had been saying those things, but when a hiccup happens, when you feel Mm. at your worst, it's natural to go there. And they would just remind me, we don't, we're not that far along. So let's just focus on where we are right now. And that would remind me of my own mantra. I have a team to focus on my illness. I can focus on my wellness. That's where my personal power is. So when people would ask and want to focus on the illness, I would reframe to focus on the wellness. I, it wasn't just even eating healthy because I didn't have much of an appetite. What I did was I focused on, on, um, on exercise. I focused on making sure that I was following the regimen that they had for me. I made sure I got outside. One of the things I did, even at feeling my worst, was made sure that every day before I went to the hospital for treatment, that I showered, that I put on makeup, that I got dressed. The things that I could control, I controlled. The things that I couldn't, I let go and let faith guide that process. And I believe- It sounds like you had an amazing team too that, that put, you know- in your corner, if you will. I did. I had support. I had a a core group. So it became a very private thing. I didn't post it on social. This was a private thing for, for me, for my husband, for my immediate family to go through. And I wanted to keep it that way because I needed reality. I needed to know who I could trust, who Mm. was going to be there and support what I believed was important and that, like I said, the focus on my, on my wellness. So I needed people who would get behind that because there are just a number of people that will say things and feign interest and they don't really have interest. There are pe- people who want bad news and they will fester in bad news. I didn't want to make it about Um, being overtly positive when I didn't feel that way. I just knew Mm. that I could embrace being um, honest about what I was going through. And I always was wanting to look at what could I, where was my personal power? What could I have a choice in? What could I control? And when I couldn't control, I had to have faith that would guide me through that process and people that would be there in my corner. Yeah, so important. So important to set yourself up like that. And and so I think in those situations too, like when you get any kind of diagnosis or bad news, like I think you said it right in the beginning, like it's important to feel what you're feeling, anger, frustration, sadness, whatever those emotions are, because you're human. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you, you know, but then letting yourself process that and be like, okay, now what's the plan? Like, what's my plan to get better or plan to, you know, 
live my life the way that I want to live on my own terms. So you found your team and you found your role in it and you let everybody do their job, if you will, and got yourself to a better place. Absolutely. I think that often we either focus on the past or we focus on the future. Yeah. And the experience really taught me about being present. I mean, being present as in it's a gift, the present, Mm -hmm. and being mindful as being in the here and now. And we often don't do that. And I learned that and I lived that. And that's, that was a, a real mind shift. So that mindset reset kind of thing that happens. And it's, you guide that process. If you believe the process, it's more than just saying it. It's, it's a daily mantra. What do I have control over today? Today. Can I do today? Well, and even like in those fear and flight moments, like with the bungee jumping and everything, it's like, if you can just bring yourself back to the present moment that you're in your body, you're okay. You're like, I'm sitting in my living room. Like you can make it that simple to get yes. yourself out of that panic. Cause a lot of times, you know, this for myself, like I would create stories about things that haven't even happened in the future yet. And I was already upset about them. And I'm like, okay, but nothing's, um, not, that hasn't even, the conversation hasn't even happened yet, but I've, I've had it already with the person. And now I know that they're going to be half like this. And, you know, and I've really had to learn that, you know, allow things to show up when they need to come back to the moment of where you're at and be present with being okay. And then it, like you said, it will work itself out. Like it, you know, you put that trust or faith in God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, that it's, that someone's got your back, you Mm -hmm. know, like a higher power has your back. And if you really can sit into that, you know, then you can do anything. And to add to your point too, it's funny because sometimes we make these stories in our heads and we're just like, oh my God, and this, and you're getting all riled up about something that hasn't even happened yet. And then you finally, you know, have the courage to address it or whatever and realize that the situation that you may have created these stories for wasn't even as bad as you thought it was going to be. And you made up in your head and you're like, I went through all that worry for nothing. I've been stressed out for two weeks. And yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're a hundred percent right, Mariana. Exactly that. We work the narrative in our head and we make it bigger than it really is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to pivot the conversation too, just because now that, you know, this all has been, you know, taking place, you found your mantra, you thankfully are here right now are cancer-free, which is amazing. And now it's just a matter of, like you said, you have all these sparkles about you. Can you get a little bit more into your sparkles? And you also use the term multi-hyphenated. Yes. So I really want to get into that because it's a really know what cool that term. Means. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, if you've heard of ambidextrous, so when you use both hands, you can be multidextrous in your career choices, right? As I mentioned earlier, we don't, we tend to, when somebody asks you, what do you do? You usually either focus on a title or you focus on what you're selling or what service you provide. It really limits you. And it's not a very interesting way to, to be introduced, to talk about it. But if you say, um, well, I have a multiple of interests, I'm multidextrous, I am multiplicity of interests, 
people pause for a moment. And what happens is we naturally, our ears perk up and we listen more. So I feel like we should be embracing all of those things to let people know more about all of the facets that make us who we are. So I have a multiple, multiple, multiplicity of interests because as I listed earlier and the multi hyphenated focuses in on that. It says, I bring my knowledge and everything with me and it makes me able to talk about more things in a more interesting way. It helps me to showcase not only um, I think about why I love what I do or why I'm excited about it, but I can use that to apply it to you. Because often when we're in service to others or we want to be of service to others, we don't really know how to express that. And we tend to either focus on the product or the service Mm -hmm. instead of the connection. And what happens when we're trying to connect with people, which is one of the reasons why storytelling is so, so amazing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you meet someone and they, they tell you a story or you're listening to somebody being introduced and they're telling you about their background, you automatically listen for those connectors. Where do you and I connect? Like I met you to, I, I, knew Mariana, but Noel, today was my first time meeting you. I knew a little bit about you, but not enough. So I could ask questions. And as you shared more information about your travel, about your family life, about your experiences, my ears are perking up. My brain is lighting up because I'm wanting to connect with you on any of those interests. Multi-hyphenated allows that well roundedness to come forward. It allows you to ask more questions. It allows me to tell more stories and it allows us to find some common ground to build some interest. And what happens when that, when we do that is we get to know each other, we get to like each other. And in a brief amount of time, we have at least a level of trust because we have some shared connections and some shared experiences. So multi-hyphenated is really a way to slow things down, to expand out and tell more stories rather than just job titles and services that we provide. Oh gosh. I always hated titles growing up. Like I never wanted to be someone's girlfriend or like, I didn't want to have, like, I was like, we don't need a title, you know, but I was <laughs> so stupid, but it's, but I didn't, again, didn't want to be put in a box, you know, and I have been one of those people that I've always had, you know, five different things, you know, I did this and I do this. And, and I never know how to answer that question. When people ask me, they're like, what do you do? I'm like, where do you want me to start? Everything. <laughs> yeah. No, like, And I think it brings up a good point too, as far as, um, like we are now allowed because there is not one thing that we are all going to do for the rest of our lives. Maybe that was back in the past where our parents had to, or our great grandparents, whatever, but, but we're now in a time where we can, we can do everything and anything we want. And we have the power of choice. We are able to select the things that are interest to us that we enjoy doing and in doing those things, because they bring us interest. It's it's really honestly the way to start anything. You always want to try to do that with like the intention of like, enjoyment, love, passion, 
Um, and it's a way to connect. I mean, like you said, you're saying something, you know, you said you're in Austin and it's like, oh, Noelle was in Austin, I was in Austin. And it just like helps us connect and build a community. And, and that's what story. people want more than exactly. anything right now exactly. is connection, you it's know? It's storytelling. The storytelling is what binds us. I mean, it's communal, it's social. It's, it's the way that we can help each other be of service to each other by, you know, hey, this is my experience. Hopefully me telling you this is going to help you too. Yeah, it's like, I love that you're successful and you have an amazing career, but tell me about you. Like, tell exactly. me like what lights you up? What it, what's exciting about, you know, what do you find exciting in your world? And I think, you know, especially I feel like for women, you know, the now that we are speaking out more and doing more and feeling like we have more opportunities, I think it's so important to be able to share that, yeah, I am a mom and I am this and I am this and I do this. It's not just, I'm a mom and I'm in this box now, or I'm a wife and I'm in this box now. It's like, I can be it all. And I, maybe I'm a belly dancer and I have two kids and, you know, I like to hula hoop and roller skate on the weekends. You know, it's like, it's all acceptable and it's all okay. Just saying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think, I think that label, you know, once we get into that label, it's very hard to break out of it. But if we yeah. pause and we say, I'm multi-skilled, I have a, a multiple of interests. Where do I begin? I am multi-hyphenated and passionate. Where would you like me to start by telling you what my interests are? It just interrupts that singular flow that people try yeah. to put you in and allows you to to use story to broaden that and gain more interest. You know, I, I think that part of the, the whole idea of um, when we started the podcast, Sticky Brand Lab podcast, the idea was to help professional women. We use the term side hustle and side gig only because they were the most used SEO term even though that wasn't what we were focused on. The focus was on a side business. And really now when I think about it, we've even evolved to talking about it being a personal enterprise mm-hmm. and because that's not a term that's used. And that, that novel idea raises up a level of interest. I was gonna say, it also like seems so much more empowering. A personal, like, you know, I mean, it's like my side hustle because yeah. I've had a side hustle my whole life, but this like personalized, like enterprise, like I, I can have all these things and they fit into this. Mm-hmm. And even the power I, of the words too, the power of the words, like side hustle seems like it's something that you do on the side in your spare time and you don't, you can't dedicate the time that you, you need for it. It's just kind of like a bandaid. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm saying that, you know, it is, but that's what it, just the words seem it could have a negative connotation, whereas personal enterprise, it's like commanding, it's powerful. It's like, I own my It's the own roller personal. coaster. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Totally, it totally is. Because just the term enterprise is the ability to notice opportunities wherever they may present. So if that is what you do, and that is definitely what the two of you do, because I know a little (laughs) bit about your interests and your backgrounds. So you already naturally gravitate to that. And then you add personal, it becomes a reflection of where you're going. And it leads to the understanding of entrepreneurship, right? Because to be enterprise is to be, is to think like an entrepreneur and to be open to that. 
And why do you think this is so important for women, especially now? Like your, your podcast is to help. I mean, I think it's always important to help women, but why do you think this is so significant now? For a few reasons in particular, one of the one of those reasons being when women start off in their career, when you enter at kind of that entry level, you look around and you see people like yourself. So you'll see men and women. But as you move up on those echelons, it gets very narrow. You see more men. And if you're a woman who has multiple of interests, including wanting to, let's say that you want to start a family at some point, often in order to do that, she has to step out and then step back in. Meanwhile, he's moving forward. Now, that's not to say that some men don't step out and and some women move straight up the ladder, but that's not the majority. So we're speaking to the majority, to the masses is who I'm talking about right now. And the disservice that happens is she doesn't rise up to the same level, which means she also doesn't make the same income and, and doesn't reach that same upper echelon. So the idea of supporting women is, and we use the term professional because she often has a career. She often has multiple careers. So she's drawing from that wealth of knowledge in order to build a side business to showcase her experience and her knowledge. And that could come in the form of coaching. It could come in the form of consulting. It could come in the form of starting something new and not having an opportunity in her current employment to be able to go in that direction. So in order to get the kind of expert experience she needs, she has to start something on her own. The side business allows her to continue to earn, but it also does something else. It it recognizes that not everybody wants to be on one career track and then retire. We want freedom. We want flexibility. So whether that's to raise children, to see children off, to take care of um, parents or grandparents, or to travel. Or to to travel. Right. (laughs) To be able to work from anywhere or to ensure that she's not relying on one stream of income. She wants to manage her own her own wealth and have financial freedom in order to do that and recognizes that's going to come perhaps from multiple streams in order to do that. So the idea here was to help women gain the knowledge they would need in order to launch something for themselves without having to dish out a bunch of money in order to do that or to go back to school in order to gain that knowledge. So this was to enable women to hit the ground running and recognize that power comes from the freedom to choose and the freedom to be flexible in however she sees fit, mostly in order to live the life she deserves. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Like, absolutely. And like stepping, you know, into that fear, like pushing past that fear, you know, because a lot of, 
you know, women, not even just on the career track, but that have been stay-at-home moms or what have you. And then now they, they want to have their own income. They want to have this own personal part of their journey or find their purpose or whatever it is. And, but it's so fearful because, you know, for the last 18 years, they've been raising kids or whatever the situation is. So it also gives you that opportunity to grow and expand and empower yourself because you're pushing past those limits that you thought or somebody else has put on you or you feel people have put on you. Which ties right. We've come almost full circle. That whole (laughs) idea of stepping out of your comfort zone when you do something that initially gets your adrenaline pumping, whether that is anxiety or excitement, because that's, you can look at it from is I can choose this as anxiety, or I can choose this as excitement. It's still going to be in that same center place. It's still going to light up my brain. There's a reason why the, the fear flight um, and fight was there. It was because it's from our reptilian brain to help us become alert to our environment in order for survival. Mm-hmm. But we don't need that reptilian brain to yeah. do that. <laughs> now we can use it. <laughs> yes, we have. And we can Just use a it little. to evolve ourselves. <laughs> exactly. To, to set ourselves off on, on saying that, okay, I can feel... I can choose how I want to frame this. If I want it to be exciting, then I can say launching a business, launching something new, meeting new people, stretching myself is going to continue to light me up and excite me and make me more interesting, not only to myself, but to others. And I then can become a role model to others. Absolutely. I mean, you're giving back. Tell your story. Yeah. Yeah. Be of service. Yes, exactly. Lori, that's amazing. And honestly, this is just a great way to kind of end things because we, the person that you are is just such a, an amazing human being. And you can tell by how you speak, everything that you've told us, your journey, like, and where you are right now, the amazing person that you are. And we basically want to know what insight can you give to our listeners to finding their own bliss? Because obviously you're doing an amazing job finding yours. Oh, thank you. And thank you for letting me share my story here. You know, it used to be your, your grandparents came from you to create a better life. You lived to work. We don't want to live to work. We want, we want to work in order to live a more full life, a more robust life. Uh, And so my advice is if you're going to follow your bliss, which is a great saying, and obviously the bliss project is a great podcast for (laughs) a good reason, because it empowers and it encourages people to stretch themselves, to go after something, to enjoy that. And so for me, it is live more fully, love more passionately, learn more, make time for rest, make time for your friends, make time for your family, play more. If you do all of those things or any of those things or one of those things and you continue, you will find 
not only that you've created bliss, but you exude bliss because you're in your element. Yes, 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 yes. I love it. I, I want to clap. Really I want to clap so bad. I just, <laughs> I just don't want to like get in the microphone, but I'm clapping everybody. Or we can snap. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Like my hands. <laughs> yep. No, I think that's so perfect. It's like you can do something small. You know, maybe for you, it's like, you know, I went to a park when I was in Austin, and we were like taking this walk in between the thing, and we all swung on the swings you know, and it was so like, we all needed just that like play because we were in this workshop and it was serious, you know, and it was like, it was so refreshing. And I think sometimes like, it's embarrassing or it's this, or we create all this stuff around it. And it's just like something so simple, you know, is like you said, playing or, you know, hanging out with friends, finding new people to connect with, whatever you can do to push yourself, you know, to really just live your bliss. Yes. Get out of your head, get into your body. Yeah. Oh Amazing. my God. You're speaking my language. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lori. It was again, such a pleasure having you. I love you dearly. I'm so grateful for your friendship. And I'm, I'm so glad I got to, to meet you and connect. Yeah. And now I have another buddy in Austin. So yes. <laughs> thank you both for letting me be a part of this. And like I said, for letting me share my story and Mariana, I just love you so much. Oh, I love you too. And, <laughs> and now, I, now Noel, I love you because I got a <laughs> chance to meet you, talk to you and get to know you. I love it. I love so it. Much Thank love. you so much for being here. Yes. And we'll, we'll make sure to put um, Sticky Labs on our website so that if anybody's interested in reaching out to you and just being empowered and you know, getting to connect, we will have that there. So thank and you so much, And hearing all Lori. the goodness you have to share. Yes. yes. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. What a great conversation that was with Lori. We so appreciate just all the insight she had to offer. And I love how she reframes stuff and uses terms like multi-hyphenated. And I love all the sparkles that she talked about. Uh, next week, we're having our good friend, Freddie Kimmel on. He is the host of the Beautifully Broken podcast. He is also a functional health coach, Reiki healer, certified personal trainer, gut health specialist, and proud cancer survivor. So looking forward to this conversation about sharing how he's thriving in the world today. If you want to learn more about us, you can check us out at www.theblissproject777.com. We will have that info in the show notes along with info on Lori. And if you like us a lot, please leave us a review on iTunes and uh, like and subscribe.